Why do liberals despise Elon Musk? I mean, yes, he's a billionaire, but there are other billionaires like Jeff Bezos that Democrats kind of like. So what is it about Elon Musk that is such a threat? We will explain coming up. So big news, the mask mandate on airplanes is over. The mask mandate on airplanes has officially been struck down by a court, by a judge, Ding dong, the witch is dead. I mean, there are videos that are spreading throughout social media, passengers and crew members on flights celebrating this massive piece of news. And uh, how disgraceful is it that this had to be done by a court, that this had to be decided, this mask mandate, this policy that the entire country has been hijacked by for years, uh, it took a judge a Trump appointed judge to, 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 to make this ruling as opposed to the Biden administration. And in fact, Jen Psaki says she's disappointed as we're going to get to. So a judge in Florida has overturned the mask mandate single handedly. You no longer need to wear masks on flights that we've been waiting for this day. The judge says this is massive government overreach and it makes no sense. This federal judge, as I said, a Trump appointee, suspended the mask mandate for airplanes, says the CDC has overstepped. This is U.S. District Judge Catherine Kimball Mazel in Tampa. She says the CDC failed to adequately explain its reason for the mandate and did not allow public comment about this ruling, about this mandate, which is in violation of federal procedures. Now, airlines have been begging for this. In addition to passengers who have wanted it, now we clearly see that crew members have been desperate. But it turns out airlines have begged the Biden administration, and part of the reason is nobody else in the country needs to wear a mask except a mask except for three-year-olds in New York City. Not to mention the filtration systems, as we've told you, actually make airplanes the safest place to be in terms of spreading COVID. Oh, and by the way, masks don't work. Even the CDC said cloth masks don't work. Well, half the people on these planes, probably three quarters, are wearing cloth masks, which don't work and give people a false sense of security. So the whole thing made no sense. Now, here is Jem Psaki responding to the news at a press briefing saying that she is very disappointed. Take a listen. First, a federal judge in Florida says the CDC exceeded its authority with the mask mandate in airports. What's the White House position? The CDC recommended continuing the order for additional time, two weeks, uh, to be able to assess the latest science in keeping with its responsibility to protect the American people. So this is obviously a disappointing decision. The CDC continues recommending wearing a mask in public transit. Uh, as you know, this just came out this afternoon. So right now, the Department of Homeland Security, uh, who would be implementing, and the CDC are reviewing the decision. And, of course, the Department of Justice uh, would make any determinations about litigation. So there you go, invoking the science, as they always do. Well, the science doesn't make any sense because nobody's wearing masks except for people on airplanes. But it's about the science, right? It's not about the science. And she says she's disappointed. Here's another clip. This is Fox News Peter Ducey asking Jen Psaki why that the what. Why the pre in the press room, in the press briefing room at the White House, there, nobody's wearing any masks, including Jem Psaki, but people in an airplane cabin have to wear masks. Take a listen. Why is it that we can sit here in the White House briefing room with no masks, but people can't sit in an airplane cabin with no masks? Well, Peter, I'm not a doctor. You're not a doctor. That I'm aware of, if you're a doctor. I wasn't aware of that today, and until today. Right. Okay, not a doctor. Just making sure. I don't know. Um, and nor do you play one on TV. Nor does he play one on TV. There you go. Most days. Um, 
But these determinations, remember the masking guidance is there are is green, yellow, and red. We are currently in a green zone in Washington, D.C., so they're not recommending it. Some people can still wear a mask if they want to. Many people do, or wear them in meetings, or wear them at certain times where you're going to be around or sitting close to people, or maybe you have an immunocompromised parent or, or friend, and so people make that decision. And there's this is based on health considerations and data that the CDC looks at about transmissibility as, as we've seen an increase in cases on, on airplanes. Don't you just love that? I'm not a doctor. You're not a doctor. Oh, unless you're a doctor that I was not aware of. That's always their fallback. Whenever you ask them something which makes no sense, these guidelines which are totally contradictory, which are totally baseless, certainly not based on science. Well, I'm not a doctor. You're not a doctor. This is the zone, the green zone, the red zone, the yellow zone. And then they start just spewing a bunch of not. Well, these are determinations that are made. Then they start throwing out these large words with many syllables because there is no explanation. And they're just they're literally talking gibberish. So they have to at least make it sound intelligent. All right. Meanwhile, moving on, let's see if they're going to fight it in the courts. I, I, I suspect they realize as bad as. Biden's approval ratings are. We'll get to his numbers lower than ever coming up. But uh, if they decide to sue to try to keep the mask mandate on airlines going even longer, I mean, that will crush. I mean, Biden's numbers will tank even further, which is almost not even possible at this point. All right. So Joe Biden wants to ban ghost guns, as we've told you, which will do nothing to prevent shootings or to bring down crime in any way because criminals always get their hands on the guns. Well, that's not just us talking, as we've said many times. But actually, A.G. Bill Barr has criticized Biden's uh, cracking down, a desire to crack down on ghost guns, mail order guns. And and A.G. Barr said that, and I believe this was on Fox News, he says these are career criminals. They're going to get their hands on guns. Listen to this clip. Criminals will always get the guns. And the gun violence we see today is not because of the guns. It's because of the people using the guns. And the refusal of this administration and local jurisdictions to get these violent people off the street. People who commit these crimes, the mass shootings, uh, the gratuitous shootings, they're not newbies. Okay, They all have a criminal history record. They have a life of crime. They're career criminals, and those are the people that are easily identified. And there you have it. I mean, this notion, do you know how often these shootings are carried out by people who've obtained the guns illegally? Criminals, career criminals cannot get their hands on guns legally. It's illegal for virtually all criminals who are convicted felons to, to, to obtain guns. So they're getting the guns illegally already. So how does it make it? You've got to enforce the current laws and you've got to actually keep these criminals behind bars. That's the way to prevent these shootings. All right. Last week, we, of course, we told you about this horrific terror attack and you heard about it other places as well in a Brooklyn subway. Well, back in 2019, you're not going to believe this. Ocasio-Cortez actually opposed keeping subways safe. Ocasio-Cortez opposed. By the way, you know, as we've told you, the security cameras in the subway station, they were they were not working. They were not operational, the security cameras. And that's why they were not able to locate the suspect. They were not even able to identify the suspect for many hours because they didn't have security camera footage, which is egregious. Well, you know, people have made the point that uh, the, 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 the speed cameras and the red light cameras all around New York City, these, those always seem to be functional. Somehow those never malfunction. It's all, it's, it's only the ones in the subways that are meant to catch criminals that somehow are the ones that malfunction. Pretty incredible. And you know how lo- lo- I cannot emphasize this enough. The NYPD, they were so lucky. They were so lucky because 
Look, there are reports that this man actually called 911 on himself, turned himself in. There are other reports that he was spotted by New Yorkers. Probably both are true. But he was walking around in broad daylight. So the NYPD caught this incredible break that he was able to be caught because he basically basically turned himself in. He turned himself in. And even besides that, he was walking around. If he was in hiding, if he had fled the city or decided to uh, hole up in some basement somewhere, it could have been days or weeks. And who knows what kind of more damage and more well, what kind of other violence could have taken place. So the NYPD, extremely lucky. Nobody else has actually made that point. But Ocasio, she actually wanted to defund police in the subways back three years ago. You cannot make this stuff up. She said that police in subway stations are racist. Here's a quote from a tweet, Ocasio. She actually sent a letter to Governor Cuomo at the time saying, please remove police from the MTA, from the subway stations. And here's a quote. Punishing the poor does not create a safer environment. Instead, it threatens the very foundation of our community. That's why my New York colleagues and I wrote a letter to Governor Cuomo asking him to put an end to MTA's dangerous policing policy. That's what she called it when you have cops in the subway, a dangerous policing uh, policy. And she called it, she said it threatens the foundation of the community, of course, because it actually arrests the bad guys, many of whom are represented by Ocasio. And here's what she said. She said, quote, an in Increased police presence would harm communities of color. That was in a tweet, and I believe that was actually in the letter. An increased police presence would harm communities of color. So, well, why would it harm communities of color? Is she a racist? Is she suggesting that communities of color are the ones that are committing the crimes and therefore are targeted by police? Or I guess police are just targeting them because we know the police are just a bunch of racists. But the, the, the people of color, they're not committing any of the crimes. All right, let's go to Elon Musk. Liberals are terrified of Elon Musk. The media is terrified of Elon Musk. And why? Why is that? You know, yes, because he's a billionaire. They don't like billionaires. They don't like people who are self-made because they view billionaires as somehow being evil. There's something wrong with making a lot of money by working very hard and coming up with great ideas and taking advantage of the free market and capitalism. But here's their problem. It's not Elon Musk's politics because nobody really even knows Elon Musk's politics. Yeah, he's look, he definitely is not a big fan of socialists like Elizabeth Warren, but um, it's that he supports free speech. The real issue with Elon Musk, the, re- the reason he's such a threat, he actually wants free speech. He actually wants people to have the right to express their opinions, even if he disagrees with them, even if their name is Trump. Uh, and, and what does that tell you? Think about this for a moment. I have no problem with spe- free speech. I don't want to censor and ban and silence the people that I disagree with. I think Bernie Sanders and, as I said, Elizabeth Warren, I think that they're lunatics. I think that, I mean, Ocasio-Cortez, I think these people are dangerous. But I don't want to silence them. I don't want to censor them. I don't want to ban them from social media. I want everybody to have a right to express their opinion. But they want people to be silenced. It's always the people on the left. It's always the media. They're silencing the people on the right. That's why they actually censored Trump. Trump has been banned from Twitter and and Facebook, the former president of the United States. So what does it tell you? Think about this. You have two sides, right? One side wants everybody to express their opinion, and the other side wants to suppress free speech. The other side only wants people they agree with to have the right to express their opinion. Now, which side do you think is being honest? Which side do you think has something to hide? You have the people on the right saying, let everybody have a voice. I want to hear from everybody. I have no problem. I'm not, I don't feel threatened. I don't feel afraid and intimidated by my opponents, by my opposition, by socialists and radical leftists and Elon Omar expressing their voice, their opinion, but they want to silence us. So which side has something to hide? Ask yourself that. Meanwhile, 
Max Boot is a Washington Post columnist, and he said last week, because we've told you Elon Musk is making an attempt to buy Twitter, make it private, which would be just an epic move. It would be a game changer, obviously, if Twitter uh, really allowed both sides to express their opinion. And I virtually guarantee you, I don't know Elon Musk, but I guarantee you that he would not silence people that he disagreed with the way they're doing now. But Max Boot, he said he's frightened by the idea of Elon Musk buying Twitter. This is a quote, this this leftist Washington Post columnist, quote, I'm frightened by the impact if Elon Musk acquires Twitter on society and politics. He said in a tweet, he seems to believe on social media everything goes. For democracy to survive, we need more content moderation, not less. I mean, how frightening, how ludicrous is this that you literally have a Washington Post columnist, listen to what he said, I'm frightened by the impact that Elon Musk will have if he acquires Twitter. He seems to believe that on social media anything goes. For democracy to survive, we need more content, not moderation, not less. He's saying this with a straight face. He really believes this insanity, this madness that for democracy to survive, we need more content, moderation, not less. What is this person smoking? Uh, uh, Now, meanwhile, Marjorie Taylor Greene, the Republican from Georgia, Congresswoman, who I do not agree with a lot of what she says. She's been suspended by Twitter many times. She said, I agree with this. She said, quote, kill freedom of speech to save democracy. Say that you're a communist. Just say it. She responded to this tweet by Max Boot. She says, you're actually scared of people freely discussing ideas and saying words. You're terrified of the impact on politics. When truth is not censored, I'm offended by your weakness, end quote. Now, remember back when Elizabeth Warren, she accused Elon Musk. This is what's beautiful about Elon Musk. She accused him of not paying his share fare and taxes. She called him a she called him a freeloader. I mean, can you imagine any and he turned it around on her. Elizabeth Warren, who has spent so many years living off the government and and even off of, you know, even when she worked at Harvard University as a professor, which she lied about, Pocahontas, right? She claimed that she was a Native American. She's like one she did a DNA test. She's like one one thousand Native American. And uh, she called him a freeloader. She's the freeloader. She lives off the government. And, and and even Harvard University is basically funded by the government. Meanwhile, Musk responded that he had paid the IRS $11 billion, $11 billion in 2021, which is the most taxes paid by any individual in history. Meanwhile, listen to this. There, there, there is a tweet out by, uh, by, by, by somebody in the mainstream media. And it, it, it essentially is saying that Elon Musk taking over Twitter, buying Twitter, would be a tremendous threat to democracy. But you got to hear this incredible tweet. This was Business Insider. Business Insider, back in 2013, Bezos bought the Washington Post, Jeff Bezos. And listen to the contrast here. Business Insider making Elon Musk trying to buy Twitter to be a ma- massive threat. But listen to, to what they said when Bezos took over the Washington Post. Quote, billionaire Jeff Bezos, Washington Post buy marks a fascinating cultural transition in America. So when Bezos buys the Washington Post, it's a fascinating cultural transition. Well, what happens when Elon Musk wants to buy Twitter? Quote, same same uh, outlet, Business Insider. Elon Musk's attempt to buy Twitter represents a chilling new threat. Billionaire trolls taking over social media. So a billionaire buys uh, a uh, a newspaper, the Washington Post, clearly turns it super liberal, super biased against the right Republicans and against Trump and biased in favor of Obama. And that is a day to celebrate. But when Musk wants to buy Twitter, it's a chilling new threat. It's the exact same thing. And as I said, Musk is a, is a self-made billionaire. 
So that, of course, bothers them. Bezos is too. But somehow they perceive Bezos as one of them, which he is because he's a leftist. But here's the thing. Elon Musk has done more. Here's the ultimate irony. He's done more for liberal policies than anybody else on the planet. I mean, he's the king of EVs. He's the king of electronic vehicles. I mean, Tesla is literally, they are like the gold standard of electronic vehicles. So Elon Musk is like helping the climate more than like everybody else combined. If you believe that EVs help the climate, and by the way, it's very debatable because the battery, I mean, this is, you know, not not for today, beyond the scope of this conversation, but they have you, liberals have you believe that like the electronic vehicles like saving the planet. And it turns out that the create the manufacturing of electronic vehicle actually you know, it does create an awful lot of fossil fuel. So it's not like a slam dunk. You know, maybe there's a, a marginal benefit to the climate, but not nearly what they would, what the, what the liberals would have you believe. But like, they love Howard Schultz. They love Warren Buffett. They love Jeff Bezos. They despise Elon Musk because he's not a liberal and he's not somebody that they can control. But like, he's really done so much more. I mean, when, when Joe Biden held an electronic vehicle summit, and he, you know, he invited GM, he invited Ford, but he actually excluded Elon Musk, which was disgraceful because Elon Musk, I mean, there is no, he, like I said, Tesla is the gold standard for these other companies. They make electronic vehicles, but they're nowhere near as good as Tesla. And Tesla's actually created a, a lot more jobs than these other companies with its, uh, American jobs with, uh, with its, uh, electronic vehicles. And by the way, speaking of social media, how is that Brooklyn subway terrorist not banned from YouTube? I mean, it's egregious. Rand Paul was banned from YouTube for saying essentially that cloth masks are ineffective, which now we know the CDC has said, CNN has said. But Rand Paul, that was called misinformation. He said something factual. But like this evil, evil Brooklyn Brooklyn subway terrorist. And look, I'm not going to say that they were afraid to ban him because of race, you know, because he was black, because he's African-American. But like, what was, what was the deal? Why on earth does Rand Paul get banned? But this man who's spewing hatred talking about exterminating humanity and all sorts of other horrific things does not get banned from YouTube. All right. New poll is out and disastrous approval numbers for Biden. 33%. This is a Quinnipiac University poll and Biden's approval rating 33%. That is the lowest he has hit in this poll. It happened once before in this poll back in January. But here's what's amazing. Independents. Independents are giving Biden an approval rating of just 26%. So he's he's even losing some Democrats, but he is losing the independents big time. And that is going to be crushing for the Democrats in November and, of course, uh, hopefully in 2024. Meanwhile, uh, more evidence that the Iran deal is going to be a nightmare. This comes directly from the Biden team that's negotiating the deal. No surprise here that, uh, you know, the Iranians are taking – Total advantage of Biden. Just, I mean, they literally are wiping the floor with the Biden negotiating team. So here's Ned Price, who's a spokesman for the State Department, uh, saying essentially that the, 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 the Iranians are not negotiating in good faith. Here's that clip. Any party, everyone who has been directly engaged in these talks knows which side has put constructive proposals on the table, knows which side uh, has negotiated and engaged in good faith, and knows which side has not. And here's my issue. My issue is very simple is, what's he saying? He's saying, oh, well, you know, we all know both sides here. One side is negotiating in good faith, one side is not, and we know who they are, right? Obviously trying to say that the Iranians are uh, not negotiating in good faith. The Iranians are, they're being extremely, extremely unfair no surprise there. The Iranians are trying to t- just totally manipulate 
the 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 U.S. negotiating team, Biden's negotiating team. But here's my problem: is if they if they don't sign a deal, then great. If they walk away, which is what Trump would do, that's fine. But if they actually sign a deal, which they eventually do, what's what's he saying? What's Ned Price saying? He's you know he's he's representing the Biden State Department, and he's saying, well, the Iranians they're pretty much you know uh, j- behaving in a very bad faith way, and they're, they're you know they're being extremely unfair and you know, taking advantage of our side. Well, but you're going to sign a deal. So when you saw what they're saying is, well, when they eventually sign a deal, I know that's not what, this is not what his intent is to say, but that's clearly what the inference is, is if, if, and when they sign a deal, well, by the way, the, the Iranians, it's a totally unfair deal and it's a bogus deal. And the Iranians are getting away with murder, literally getting away with murder. We're going to give them billions to agree to this deal. And they're going to get, you know, every basic, virtually everything they want and uh, and we're going to basically make massive concessions. He's telling you that. He's telling you they're asking us for massive concessions. That means when the deal is signed, that's exactly what we're agreeing to, pretty, you know, pretty much. All right. Bombshell new report. Terrorists are sneaking in to the United States through the Mexican border, which is not a surprise at all. You know, is anybody surprised that terrorists, I mean, wouldn't you think? I mean, the the, the, the border is wide open for anybody to just claim asylum and just waltz on in. And of course, terrorists, but now we have proof. We actually have confirmation that uh, terrorists are actually getting uh, into the U.S., sneaking into the U.S. through the southern border. I mean, what, doesn't that make the most logical sense? If you were an ISIS terrorist, how would you get into the United States? Isn't that the simplest way? Much simpler, and you just claim asylum, much simpler than you know getting on a plane and going through customs. So here are the details. Border Patrol, this is Fox News actually obtained this data directly from Customs Border Protection. Border Patrol apprehended at least 23 terrorists. Their names were on the terror watch list. This is in 2021. So in the year 2021, Border uh, Border Patrol apprehended at least 23 terrorists, 23 names on the terror watch list, and they tried to get through the southern border. And trust me, they were not coming from Mexico and Guatemala. We know where they were coming from. And here's the issue. In addition to the fact, obviously, that's chilling news and that number is way too high. You'll tell me, well, it's only 23 out of hundreds of thousands, 23, 23 people. That's 23 terrorists. And, yeah, they were apprehended. But 23 terrorists is 23 terrorists too many. But here's the issue. The issue is those are the ones who were caught. I want to know how many were not caught. This is the problem is whenever they report to you, oh, well, this is the amount of people who are sneaking into the country who are caught. Well, but how many of them then were not caught and actually snuck in and were not aware of? If 23 were caught, then maybe 23 others were not caught. Maybe 50 were were, were, were not caught. Maybe dozens, maybe hundreds, maybe thousands snuck in. We have no idea. 23 were caught. Well, how many hundreds were not caught? This is the problem. It's insane. So Fox News' Peter Ducey again asked Jen Psaki, well, how can you be so sure that there are not terrorists that actually did not did cross the border. How could you be so sure that no terrorists, once we know this information, which is extremely disturbing, well, how can you know that more terrorists did not sneak in and Border Patrol didn't catch them and they were not apprehended since literally hundreds of thousands of, of, of illegals are crossing the border? Listen to this clip. Okay, on a different topic, we have new reporting that at least 23 people apprehended at the southern border in 2021 are on the terror watch list. Why do you guys think it is that somebody on a terror watch list would want to get into the United States undetected? Well, I can't make an assessment of that. But what I can tell you is that your data you're citing here means the Border Patrol was doing their job. I mean, so, they so they apprehended you, people at the border. 2,000 illegal immigrants a day got away last month. Are you saying that 
you can say with certainty none of them are on a terror watch list. Here's what we're talking about. Encounters we know and of a suspected terrorists attempting to cross the southern border. They're very uncommon. Uh, we're talking about a few dozen annual encounters at most, at most, uh, and these encounters represent significantly less than the 0.01% of total encounters per fiscal year in recent years. But I'd note, these individuals, these 23 people, the Border Patrol, they stopped them. They prevented them from getting into the country. They're protecting our homeland and keeping us safe. So the president is not worried about holes in the southern border being exploited by people trying to come in and kill Americans. He's grateful to the Border Patrol for doing their job and and stopping these people and preventing them from getting into the country. So there you have a great job once again by Peter Ducey, but the Saki there totally dodging the question. They're doing their job. They're doing their job. I mean, that, that she's acting, she's just totally dismissing this whole thing and saying, well, listen, 23, that's really a very small amount. And anyway, they did their job. They caught the 23, totally dodging the question of, well, how do you know about all the ones that might have gotten away? And, 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 and it's, it's outrageous. I mean, it, 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 it's unconscionable. Um, now, here's a clip of Bill Barr, former AG, as we quoted before, saying that most illegals who cross the southern border their asylum claims are bogus. No surprise here. Listen to this clip. We had we had fixed the problem by wait in Mexico, wait in Mexico policy. Mm-hmm. And once they understood that they wouldn't be able to come into the United States, they would have to wait in Mexico for processing their claim, most of which are bogus claims. They stopped coming up. And this administration self-destructed. It just did away with did away with the practice. The courts have upheld it. They will not apply it. If they just had the wait in Mexico program implemented again, it would stop the flood of people coming up. Meanwhile, we, we now know that a record number of illegals are entering the country. I mean, the, the numbers are skyrocketing out of control. It's almost as high as inflation. When you look at these numbers of illegals crossing the border, um, the Biden administration's open border policies have allowed in more than 1.5 million illegals. I mean, Biden's been in office, what, less than a year and a half. I mean, what, a year and three months. And... 1.5 million illegals. This is according to the Washington Examiner, which it leans right, but we're not talking about some kind of like super right wing, uh, you know, extremist outlet. Like this is not Breitbart. And this is based on data obtained from Homeland Security. The Washington Examiner says Biden has allowed in one, more than 1.5 million illegals. That's enough to double the city of Dallas or the city of San Diego. I mean, these are insane. These are ludicrous numbers. In just March alone, over 221,000 illegalies were encountered crossing the border illegally. And by the way, that is the worst month since DHS was founded back in 2002. These are very disturbing. I mean, 1.5 million illegals allowed into the country under Biden. And why? Why are the Democrats doing this? Very simple, because they want don't believe this stuff about open borders. Yeah, they want open borders. They're socialists. But the real reason is Democrat voters. They're creating millions and millions of Democrat voters. That's what this is really all about. New emails have surfaced showing that one of the top doctors who guaranteed that COVID did not originate in the Wuhan lab or in a lab at all was actually lying. This is Another bombshell here. One of the top doctors who actually guaranteed the public way early on in the pandemic guaranteed the public that, oh, don't worry, this this virus did not leak out of a lab. This virus did not originate in the Wuhan lab, which, as we've told you many times, all, virtually all the evidence is very clearly points to the fact that this came from a Wuhan lab. The question is if it was intentionally leaked, if it was by mistake, but it came from the lab. 
But this scientist, this doctor was lying. He was secretly telling colleagues that he had no idea whether it came from a lab, but publicly he was saying, oh, you need not worry because this did not originate in a lab. This was a doctor who signed the controversial Lancet Journal letter, which prematurely dismissed the lab leak theory. Privately, according to emails that have just surfaced, he was telling colleagues it was impossible to definitively state that the virus did not come from the lab. This is internal emails that have just surfaced. So this confirms that while the general public was being told to believe something under penalty of censorship, those demanding such beliefs were actually not convinced of their own claims. This was a, a Lancet statement, the Lancet Journal in February 2020, very, very obviously esteemed medical journal, concluded that COVID-19 came from a bat, came from animals, it came from natural, you know, natural sources. And that statement, that letter was used by politicians, scientists, and the media to silence any discussion over the origins of the virus until much later on when finally the evidence became so overwhelming that suddenly they all had to walk it back and all these Democrats in the mainstream media suddenly said, oh, wait a second, we're not so sure. We were dismissing it. We called it a conspiracy theory. Remember Washington Post said, oh, it's just just a Trump conspiracy theory claiming it came from a lab. It turns out that's by far the most likely scenario. Now, um, mounting evidence suggests, as I said, the virus actually traces its origins to the to, to the lab in Wuhan, which is run by the Chinese Communist Party. Well, Charles Kalisher, professor of microbiology at Colorado State University and one of the top doctors of nearly 30 who signed that letter, emailed several scientists in April of 2020 saying he had no idea, saying that he had no clue. And uh, saying he could not definitively say one way or the other. Weeks after he signed this publication, this 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 letter saying, oh, you need not worry. Telling the public, reassuring all of us that, no, this didn't come out of a lab. Weeks after that, in April 2020, he actually said that he had no definitive position on the matter. And he could not definitively say whether it originated in the lab or not. And remember, it was a conspiracy theory. Um, but, you know, because basically Trump believed it. So if Trump believes that it's a conspiracy theory... And then suddenly, like there was so much evidence, and, and, and remember that bogus investigation where the UN, the WHO, you know, sent representatives to China, to the Chinese lab, but China wouldn't allow them to really investigate, really examine anything. I mean, the whole thing is just so egregious. WHO can basically colluding with China, allowing the virus to spread when they could have prevented it. They could have prevented it from ever leaving China, but, uh, China claimed falsely claimed that it was under control and WHO claimed that it was under control and they they, 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 they were just protecting China. I mean, uh, it's just collusion. I mean, literally a conspiracy to basically spread the virus throughout the country so that it wouldn't hurt – throughout the world, I should say, throughout the planet, so that it wouldn't hurt China and uh, crush China's economy and force China to lock down and uh, all these other countries would remain operational, which would have been devastating to China. So essentially the UN and China – um, conspired to allow it to spread. Literally, this is, this is all like documented fact to allow it to spread throughout the world. And, uh, you know, that actually benefited China. And then, of course, the WHO has been covering up, uh, the, the China's role in, at the, at the very, very least, China was extremely negligent, but certainly we know a lot more than that in all, in all likelihood. And, uh, President Trump, as a result, he defunded the WHO. He pulled funding from the WHO, but of course Biden uh, restored that funding, which is completely egregious, inexcusable. That's going to do it for today, and we will see you next time.